The Secret World Chronicle, a podcast novel series written by Mercedes Lackey, Cody Martin, Dennis Lee, and Veronica Jagan. Presenting Season 9, Avalanche. Interlude, Taps. Written by Mercedes Lackey and Dennis K. Lee. There wasn't a reliable way to get a hold of Jack. We had cut off communications for a reason. His last message was vague enough, but reading between the lines, it seemed like he was deep in enemy territory, and Jack was afraid our clandestine activities would be compromised. I risked it anyway, hours after Red was taken. I couldn't go after the genie, but someone had to, so I messaged him, hoping he would answer. He didn't. And now Red was... He had to know. Someone had to tell him. He had been Red's best friend. I, of course, was still a freaking wreck, and I needed to time this so I wouldn't break down on Jack. Like I had to time just about everything these days so I wouldn't break down in public. So I waited until I was in one of those brief periods of emotional exhaustion where I was bottomed out and able to think for five seconds and try to contact but I knew the brief stability wouldn't last more than a few minutes, so I had to do it while I could still talk without choking up. I gripped the armrests so hard I thought they were going to crack. Overwatch, open, Jack private, encrypted. I took a deep breath, ribs stabbing me. Or maybe it was something else. Jack, come in, please. And breathed a painful sigh of relief when he answered. Risky, lady. Very risky. You're lucky I'm reasonably secure from prying ears right now. Still, this better be good. And quick. Say it. Just say it. Not saying it won't make it any less real. Reds? Dead. And with those words, it somehow became more real, and I had to fight for breath. Confirmation, he asked his voice barely above a low growl. I'll need that. I once saw him take two full magazines of ammo and fall into a pool of his own blood, so I'll need proof. Somehow, I explained everything that had happened, up to the moment that the blood samples that J.M. had come back with had tested out as his. And then I sat there, reminding myself that I had to be frozen, I had to lock down my emotions because this was Jack, and anyway, crying wasn't going to bring Red back. But maybe Jack could do something else about it. Something I couldn't. Something I knew Jack had a solid line on. Revenge. She took him during your rescue, Jack said finally. But that means... There was a long, drawn-out pause, interrupted by an odd, muffled sound, like something had caught in his throat. Then he was all business, as I knew he'd be. Let me make this quick. We're already pushing our luck here. The plan... The plans... are proceeding. I've procured your what's-its, doodad. And you were right. Wasn't easy. And I've almost got the location. I'll proceed when I do, and you better be ready when I send it, because I don't like the odds of me taking them all on by my lonesome. I'll be in position. If I drop out of contact, 
it's probably doppelganger. I'll have a contact you and take over for me. You let me worry about doppelganger. I get wind of her coming for you, I'll send word. Somehow. I figure I'll be getting close to her soon enough anyway. Keep to the plan. You'll hear from me when you need to. When the time comes, I've got her. The last thing she'll hear is Red's name. I'm out. I lay limply in my chair, wrung out, and brain on fire with doubts. Could I really depend on him? He had plans of his own to complete. I meant nothing to him. What he had promised, that depended entirely on how close he had been to Red, not me. I had only the little that Red had told me to go on, so I know what he was to Red. What was Red to him? A strange, choking sound escaped me, a cross between a moan and a sob, both of them held back by strength of will. And that was when I realized I had just heard a sound like that, moments before, but not out of my throat, out of Jack's. My five seconds were up, and as much as I wanted to just wallow in my own morass, mental, physical, take your pick, and deal with it, I had to push all those gut-wrenching thoughts away and get back to work. There was too much to deal with at the moment. I had been gone for less than a day, and the backlog just from that had required some nifty reorganization of my priorities, on top of the fallout from Bird's attack, and on top of the sudden state of emergency DG's infiltration had left of our security measures, both locally and worldwide. Looking back, I think that's the worst I've ever been. And don't forget we're talking about a girl that once got scorched by a relative over someone I thought I was deeply in love with to the point where I was left in the emotional and physical state of a panophobic lump of charred chicken meat. For years. I admit, the next few hours were a blur. Somehow, I forced myself to go on. Until... The last thing I had time for was email. I'd been ignoring email since Red was taken... Really, anything urgent enough was delivered by Overwatch, and I had plenty of those messages to attend to. So when my browser popped up again, with another annoying beep to remind me I had new messages, I almost silenced the monitor with my fist before I saw the message which topped the list. A message that must have been sent just after he came for me. 2. Victoria Victrix. VickyV at Echo.net. From... That Red Bastard. Red Bastard at Echo.net. You asked if there was something else you can do for me. There is. You can keep this somewhere safe, and I leave it to you to do with it what you think best. I don't know how long I spent reading Red's final confession. It was long enough, and he didn't hold back. Lord, he used to say I was long winded. It answered some questions, though, and cleared up a few things I had already guessed, but really, so soon after losing him, he was talking to me again, and for a brief moment it was like he was still there. Stared at each other through the settling dust. I could tell what was on his mind. This was the infamous Red Genie. And any other day, if I hadn't been on the ten most wanted list before, after blowing into the vault, I would have been. On the other hand, compared to what had been in here with us and what was plainly still out there now, I was a pretty pitiful minnow among the piranha. 
The world as we both knew it had just done a complete 180. And I knew what Vic would have done. Would have asked me to do. Look, I said hoarsely. Let me help you save whoever we can. Arrest me after, okay? Wordlessly he nodded, got to his feet, and offered me a hand up. I think you know the rest. It's all fairly well documented. So why am I telling you all this? Here's the thing. I trust you like I have never trusted anyone before. Not even Amethyst. I can see you rolling your eyes right now. Yes, this is me. I know it doesn't sound like me, but... Uh, the truth of it is, I've realized you are the most important person I know. The smartest, the most resilient, stubborn, and at the same time, the dumbest... Sorry. You are the most important person I know. It kills me sometimes how much you don't know that. In a lifetime, we meet countless people. We forget most of them, but if you really stick in your gut, and with good reason, these are those precious few who are everything you admire and nothing you despise. You will forever be that person for me, like it or not. You still don't know how important you are? Figure it out, woman. You need to call the shots, and we need to make sure you're around to call them. So this is my truth, and I trust you with it completely. Make the call. Do what you know is best with it. Trust yourself. I do. Love. That red bastard. The words on the screen began to blur and then vanish as the screen... The monitor, the desk, everything vanished, and that well of grief and loss inside me didn't open up, it erupted. I curled up in my chair and let it go. There was no one here. I was alone. I didn't have to be brave for anyone, not even Red. I cried until there was nothing left, and then I dry-sobbed for, I don't know, hours, I think. At least two. Enough that the messages had piled up all over all of my screens, and eight finally said, apologetically, Vicky, we need you. I took a deep breath, intending to tell eight and everyone else to go to hell, but with that breath came a pure and sure certainty. I did have to be brave. For Red. And not because of the GS. I knew in that moment I could break the damn thing if I wanted to. I needed to be brave because if I wasn't, he would have died for nothing. And that would not stand. I would not let that be. Whether or not I had been that mythical person he'd seen, it was what I was going to have to become. Now. Because there was no time for anything but a transformation phoenix-like, out of my own ashes. I sat up. I blew my nose. Right, I said. Let's get to work. You've been listening to The Secret World Chronicle, written by Mercedes Lackey, Cody Martin, Dennis Lee, and Veronica Jagger. Narration and production by Veronica Jagger at VoicesByVeronica.com. 
quality review and production assistance by Laura Nicole at ResonantMoon.com. Music by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. The Secret World Chronicle podcast novel series is released under a Creative Commons Attribution No Derivatives 4.0 license. For previous episodes, check out secretworldchronicle.com. The Secret World Chronicle is published by the fantastic people at Bayon Books. Find fellow SWC fans on the Facebook group at www.facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Secret World Chronicle. And as always, thank you for listening.